So I, I shared a, or I, I wrote a, an email to you guys today, and part of this, I talked about First uh, Corinthians 1 and a little bit into 2, but um, just talking about the, the, the foolishness of man and the wisdom of God, and, and then it's also flipped there. It says the foolishness of God is, is, is wiser than the, the wisdom of man. And uh, as we're moving into this season, we feel like we're, uh, we, we talked about it on Sunday, as kings go out to war in the springtime. Um, there's, some, there's just some things that we feel like the Lord's putting on our heart in preparation for, for where we're going and what we're doing. And, and one of the things is understanding uh, healing and signs and miracles and, what the, and why the Lord <laughs> performs these signs and miracles, why he does it, because we can't do it on our own. Uh, it's only by his power. Uh, but what's, what is the purpose of that? And then also, um, and this kind of gives you the answer to the purpose of it, but uh, as, as we preach the kingdom of God and as we preach what we call the gospel, I think a lot of times we say, well, we need to preach the gospel, we need to preach the kingdom of God. And, uh, and then there's that question like, well, what is that? Uh, and even when you read the word, uh, I was just kind of going through this, I mean, there's so many different explanations of what the kingdom is, right? Like, uh, and, and even Jesus, who Jesus is, uh, he, he says he's the gate. He says he's the light. He says he's the bread. He's the <laughs> uh, he's the the drink that we take in. Yeah, he's he's so many different things. And you go, well, how do you preach this gospel? And uh, so we we want to just kind of hit on these two things. Is one is what what is the purpose of signs and miracles? And when we go out. He does say, lay hands on the sick, they will recover. He does say, cast out demons. He does say, raise, raise the dead, heal the sick. Uh, he, he tells us to do these things, uh, but is it just for the purpose of doing it? And uh, so I'll, I'll let Marcus kind of begin to answer these. And, or do you want me to go? No, that's good. You, you, you dive in. I don't have many answers. Do you guys, you guys follow with me? I mean, are there questions like when, when you say, Preach, go preach the gospel. Like, what's, what's your first thought? You guys have any thoughts on that? Or if you go say, hey, preach the kingdom of God. Like, how, what is that? I'm getting a lot of stares. <laughs> Anyone? Expressing how much Jesus loves them. Yeah. I think what I realize, and, and it's not it's not very well understood in the church of what it actually is and what it what it means. And uh, so, go ahead, Marcus, dive in, and then we'll. Well, let's go back to the first thing before we get into uh, preaching the gospel and what that means, because I think that's. I think we have some good things to to 
not just to say on that tonight, but to think about that and in going out, um, being freed and being released just to allow the Holy Spirit to pull from your heart the message of the kingdom that he has sown into your heart and allowing the Holy Spirit to pull from your heart the message of the good news that is in Carlo, that is in Rachel, that is in Mike, that is in, that is in me. All the rest of you. And in, and in everyone else, that's right. Um, one thing that I was meditating on today was the scripture at the end of Mark. It's the Great Commission at the end of Mark. Mark 16, 15 through, uh, 15 through 20. And Jesus commands his disciples, he says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Rachel and I have a phrase that we use with each other. God is the God of the big target. That's a big target. <laughs> he just says, okay, it's time for you. Just, just go. Where? All the world. Oh, okay. Do what? Proclaim the gospel. Uh, where again? To all creation. Just to everyone that you encounter. So, and we need to be led by the Spirit. And we ask the Lord, how do we do that? But this is his heart. In the going, it says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And I just heard the Lord saying today as I was meditating on this, Marcus, it's not your job to make them believe. It's your job to, make, to go. It's your job actually to, to present Jesus to the world. It's my job, the Holy Spirit says, to open the heart and to, and to uh, open the eyes and to give the light of the gospel. And then the person that you're speaking to, they have a part to play as well. They can either believe or they cannot believe. But in the going, verse 17, it says this, and these signs will accompany those who believe. So first it's preach the gospel, go and preach the gospel. And in that posture of making the good news of Jesus known, it says, then these signs will, will, will follow those who believe. And what Mike and I were talking about today was, was, it's not just a pursuit of power for power alone. And sometimes you see this in kind of the charismatic, spirit-filled um, um, congregations or, or, or people, sometimes it's a, it's a, there's a pursuit for power, there's a pursuit for healing, but there's not a lot of preaching of Jesus. Um, and I've, I've been in camps, I've been with people where it's, it's a real pursuit for prophecy, for healing, for, for, uh, but then when the healing comes, when the prophecy happens, there's not a lot of preaching Jesus that goes before it or comes behind it. And, well, let's just keep going into this. It says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. And then it gives the list. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, meaning the Lord will give you authority over hostile creation. You'll kind of enter into that new creation where the lion will lay down 
with the lamb and the, the it says the, uh, the infant will play in the cobra's den. <laughs> so he's going to give you even power over fallen creation. He's going to protect you from any deadly poison. You're going to experience healing and protection yourself. And then it says, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And you think, that's great. And then in verse 19 through 20, we see that happen. It says, so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And I love verse 20. I love how it puts kind of this great commission together. Verse 20 says, and they went out and preached everywhere. So they're obeying the go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. So they do it. They go out and they just, they preach everywhere. They start in Jerusalem. Years later, the Lord sends Philip, one of the seven uh, original deacons, sends him to Samaria. And he's preaching the gospel in Samaria. And then the Lord sends Peter to Cornelius and he preaches the gospel to the Gentiles. And then the Lord sends Paul and Barnabas to the Gentile nations and they preach the gospel to the Gentile nations. It says, and they went and out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them. Is that not beautiful? So they're not on their own. There is that I will never leave you or forsake you. They're partnering with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. So they're doing their job to go out and preach. And the Lord is working with them. And he's doing his job confirming the message by accompanying signs. And so we've just been kind of rallying our hearts again that the purpose of power is for the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Something I was thinking of today, and then I'll hand it back over to you, Mike, and you can either stay here or take us forward, but something I was thinking of today was a lot of people are fine with, hey, can I pray for you? And a lot of people are even fine with, hey, can I ask, can I pray for your leg to be healed? That's not the confrontational piece. The confrontational piece is when you start to talk about Jesus and when you start to talk about the claims that Jesus made about his own life, his own lordship, his own leadership. That's where you can't escape. There's no gray area. It's very black and it's very white. And the Lord knew that that was going to be very confrontational. He knew the hardness of heart of the human race. And he says, I'm going to release something that's going to open their eyes for a minute. Wait, this is confrontational. This is true. There is only one way to eternal life, and that's Jesus Christ. And, and I have to give my whole life to him, and I have to take up my cross, and I have to, and there can be none of me in it. That's very... Ah, the flesh just like hates that. But God says, I'm not going to leave you to proclaim that message alone. I'm going to perform signs and wonders, miracles, healings, and manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit to confirm the message of the glory of my Son so that it gives people a moment to go, wait, wait a second, this, is, this must be true. Because my knee was really hurting a second ago, and then it's not hurting anymore. Or my arm was broken a second ago, and I couldn't play basketball like we encountered Ty down at the park. Just this guy, he wants to play basketball, can't play basketball, hurt his arm, 
Well, let's pray for that. They prayed for it. The pain went away. And then after the prayer, Mike and my daughter, they preached Jesus to die, and he, and he returned to the Lord. He was raised in the church, and he gave his life back to the Lord. And then we've been walking alongside him this, uh, this really, this past year. It's almost been a year. Yeah. He's moving to Castle Rock. But it opens the heart. It opens the eyes. Or it happens, and they see the power and they deny, they still deny the name of Jesus. That's that verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so, even with the signs and the wonders, even with miracles, even with healing, people, I, I just experienced this uh, uh, a few days ago. Like there was a manifestation of, of healing, pain left, but there still wasn't a running to Jesus, you know? I'm like, all right, this guy's going to like give his life to the Lord. And his heart wasn't like he wasn't ready. But we've done our part. We preached the gospel. We lay hands on the sick. They recovered. And at that time, this guy didn't give his life to the Lord. And the next time, the guy gives his life to the Lord. And that's the Lord's doing. But we do our part in this. In, I think you guys know what I'm saying. Go for it. Yeah. I, I feel like this is, even though we kind of knew this, it's almost like it was a, a light bulb went off again uh, for us, just even as just in the leadership and realizing, like, why are we, why are we going after healing? What are we doing? And, and we love to see healings. We love to see God move and, and touch people's lives. And, and when we see, you know, broken, broken bones mended instantly and legs healed instantly. And I mean, we've seen so many things over the past year. But I believe why we've seen so many more miracles than we've ever seen before is because our focus has shifted. And we're not just looking for the miracle. We're not just going out and saying, hey, let's, let's, let's get somebody healed of something, and, which is great. I mean, it's cool to see God move in power. But as we've been focusing not on that, not on the healing, but focusing on sharing the gospel, focusing on people coming into the kingdom, this is where we've been seeing him back it up with power like, like I've never seen before. I, I want to just kind of hit a few other verses that tie into this and then kind of go into the second part of this. But um, you see it in Romans 15. And Paul's talking here in verse 17. He goes, therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. So he's glorying in Christ in his service to the Lord. And then he says this, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God but by what I have said and done. By the power of Here's the part. By the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. I'll just stop there. So, um, well, actually, and then he goes, he says this. He says, so from Jerusalem all the way around to, how do you say that? Whatever that place is. I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. So here he is, he's preaching the gospel, 
And right there it says it's being backed up by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. But the key is, is what he's doing. His focus is not on the healing. His focus is actually on the gospel, preaching the kingdom, preaching the gospel. And it's backed up by power. Um, another place, and this is in, in 1 Corinthians, says this a few times here. But uh, it, actually, let me, I'll start, I'll read here. This is kind of cool. Uh, see this. It says in verse 22, and this kind of ties to this. Uh, a lot of times we're looking for the miraculous signs. People are like, well, show me, show me what God can do. And, uh, and often when that happens, when people are looking just for signs, Jesus clearly uh, in the Gospels, there's, there's times where they are like, hey, show us a sign. And he doesn't show a sign. He doesn't do healing. <laughs> because it's not about the healing. It's what he's trying to do. It's what he's trying to show them in this. And he says this. Um, this is in 1 Corinthians one twenty-two. it says, but we preach Christ crucified. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, back to 22. <laughs> I started with 23. It says, Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. So in the, in the world, often we're looking for the, we're looking for the wisdom uh, of the world or, or what we think is wisdom. But he says here, it says, the wisdom of, of man is foolishness to the Lord. Um, so we're looking for that wisdom and we're looking for the power and then this is, but it says, but we preach Christ crucified. That's a stumbling block to the Jews who are looking for the, for the miracles. And it's foolishness to the Gentiles. It says, but to those whom God has called, both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So it is about Christ when we understand that is, it's, it's keeping the main thing the main thing. I kind of was hitting on this earlier. Um, the main thing is Jesus. And when we focus on Jesus, everything comes around that. Power is released because God backs up Jesus with power. Jesus is power and he is wisdom. Bottom line. <laughs> in, uh, second or in 1 Corinthians 2, right after that, Paul goes into it again. He says, for I, in verse 2, he says, for I resolve to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. So you would think, this is Paul. This is like the guy who wrote half the New Testament here, more than half. Uh, he, like, he should be coming with his wise and persuasive words. He's a smart guy. <laughs> He doesn't come with wise and persuasive words. He says, my preaching, so it's not with the wise and persuasive words. What is, what is the preaching with? Here's the thing. He's preaching, and it's backed up. It says, but it's with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So he's, he's preaching, and it's being demonstrated with the power of the Holy Spirit for this purpose. It says, uh, oops, lost my place. Uh, so it's yeah, being demonstrated with the Spirit's power so that your faith might, or so that man's faith, might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. So it's so that they may believe. So in that power, it's so that they may believe in the Christ, in Jesus. 
And so this is the this is the entire purpose. So when we go out, when we're when we're praying for people, when we're doing healing rooms, when we're doing all these things, this is so that they may believe. It's interesting, and uh, I've always asked the Lord. I feel like like in the church, there's so much less healing that takes place, and uh, I don't exactly know why. Although a lot of times when we're in the church, we're not necessarily preaching the gospel. We're preaching about all the other stuff that we do need to know that is really important. But when we're out there, uh, you're not preaching all those other things. You're, just, you're basically just sharing the gospel. You're just sharing Jesus with people. And then when you pray, I, I just the percentage is much higher in, in my experience. I mean, it's like 90% of the people I pray for uh, out when, when, I'm just, when I'm in the gym, when I'm out in the streets, when I'm praying for people, they get healed. Unfortunately, that percentage is not nearly as high in the church. I'm like, Lord, why don't you do the healings in the church? I don't know. We, we can't. He does what he does. I, I wrote in the email. I was like, here's our part. Preach the gospel. His part, demonstrate it. Back it up with power. That's not our part. We can't do it. We can't back anything up with power. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But we do need to preach the gospel. Is that that click. So this the second part, anything else you want to add to that? Or? Okay. So the second part of that is what does it mean to preach the gospel? What does it mean to preach the kingdom? And, and um, I, I was just kind of going through John, and, and I think, let me just kind of run you th- through. It, it's interesting because it, a lot of times what we try to do is we say, tell me how to preach the gospel. Tell me how to preach the kingdom of God. And, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, I can't. <laughs> what I can tell you is that it's going to be different every time you do it. And if it becomes a routine, if it becomes the same thing, then you're likely not actually preaching the gospel and preaching the kingdom the way that the Holy Spirit wants you to do it. If you look at scriptures... And you look, a lot of times we, we try to, like, nail down how to do this, and, and we come up with these, these, these ways of doing it, these methods of doing it. And we say, well, if you, if you do this and practice this method, uh, and I know many of us have done this in the past, and, and I feel like God's grace is, he's so good. I mean, he's like, okay, you're trying. But I think, let me say, there's a better way than just to go, I know what to do because what we do when we try to preach the gospel in our own abilities, using our own wisdom, it's man's wisdom. It's the wise and persuasive words that we're trying to use. And God's like, don't do that. I don't want you to use your wise and persuasive words. I want you to listen to my voice. I want you to speak the very thing I want you to speak in this very situation and then watch what I do when I back it up with power. It's him moving in and through us. And all he wants is for us to speak the very thing that he has for that, for that person and for that moment. And it's always going to be, I can almost promise you, it's always going to be different. It, it might have the same, you might have some pieces of it that are the same. So here's the thing I would say is, as we're preparing our hearts, don't prepare a method of how to do this. Don't have your five scriptures that you're going to use. Look at the scriptures, study the scriptures, know the scriptures, but be very open 
to allowing the Holy Spirit to do it the very way he wants to do it. Because when you encounter someone, the Holy Spirit is the one who knows that person's heart. And he knows exactly what they need to hear. Let me just show you just, I'm going to quickly take you through this. I want to, we want to just share some examples and some things that as we've been going through this. But uh, you look at, at, at John 3 and you see Nicodemus and, uh, and, and here Jesus is preaching to him. And he says this, he says, uh, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom unless, uh, the kingdom of God, unless he's born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to, birth to flesh and the spirit gives birth to the spirit. He goes on to say, uh, to talk about this. This is the only time he, he talks about being born again this time. Now, now we take that and we try to like put that in the context and okay, you must be born again. That's, that's what he used for Nicodemus, to preach to Nicodemus. You flip forward a chapter and you look in, in chapter 4, and now he's preaching to the woman at the well. And he doesn't say, okay, here's what you need. You must be born of the Spirit and you must be born of water. He doesn't even mention that. He has a whole different message that he gives to the woman at the well. And he's like, look, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them, uh, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So here he's, he has a totally different message that he's preaching. And then um, you go to chapter 6, and, and he starts talking about that he's the bread of life. Totally different from what he told the woman at the well and what he told Nicodemus. So you go, well, wait a minute, Jesus. <laughs> like, if you're preaching the gospel, you need to preach the gospel. What is it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Jesus says, I only do what I see my father do, and I only hear, I only say what I hear my father say. And that's by the Spirit who is upon him and in him. And so he was, he was, he was not speaking of his own thoughts and of his own mind. He was actually allowing the Spirit to move in and through him, and the Spirit knew exactly what was needed at that very time. So in John 6, he speaks a, a completely different message, which gets offensive. He's not, he isn't offensive to, uh, to Nicodemus or to the woman, but here he's speaking to a large crowd. He's preaching the gospel, and he gets very offensive. To, or I shouldn't say he gets offensive. People get offended because they're hearing something that doesn't line up with their theology. And so what do they do? They actually leave the very person who's the son of God. They walk away from him in that time because the words are too strong for them to hear, except for the 12. The 12 are the only ones that stay behind and say, Lord, to whom, who, whom are we going to go? We've already laid our lives down. We've given everything to you. Uh, and, and I mean, I can go on here, but I think you get the point that uh, I'll just say, I mean, even he's preaching to, the, to some of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and, and here in uh, chapter 8, um, <laughs> he calls them children of the devil. He didn't call the woman at the well uh, children, a child of the devil. <laughs> and so, again, he's speaking in, in different ways uh, to different people, and he can be I mean, I would say very offensive. I mean, some of these messages, if they were preached on a Sunday morning, half the church would leave because they would be very offended by this. Like, what, I'm a whitewashed tomb? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who do you think you are to call me a whitewashed tomb? Uh, but Jesus at different times had different messages that he spoke. 
And, and what, what we got to realize here is that as we are preaching the kingdom, as we are preaching the gospel, it's not about the method. It's about hearing the Holy Spirit. And, but th- this is what we do need to do. We need to get the word in us. We we're talking about it. It's, it's that you, you actually, it says the, the word is sweet to our lips, but it's bitter to our stomach. And the point is, is that we, we, we eat it. We eat the word of God. And then and the Holy Spirit brings it back out. It's kind of a gross <laughs> analogy. But it's, it's that it's bitter to your stomach, which means it comes back out. But the Holy Spirit reveals the scriptures that are to come out at that very time, at that very moment. I was telling Marcus earlier, one of the, an example I'll, I'll, I'll share. So all last year, we went out. And uh, I don't think I ever once shared the gospel the same way. And, and it could be a little scary at times, but as you just, as you just listen to the Spirit and, and trust Him, there'll be those promptings in your spirit Well, you'll just, you'll just be like, oh, there it is. It'll just hit in the very moment. Trust me, He will back you up every single time. Uh, here's, the, here's what I do see, though. Sometimes there's a, there's a, there's a fear that can come in. So, so if, I'm, if I'm going over and I'm about to share the gospel... There's a fear that could come in, which it almost shuts down your spirit. It shuts down the ability to hear from the Lord. And, and that's that when that fear wells up, shut that down. It says it's not a spirit of fear that the Lord gives you. He gives you power, love, and a sound mind. So immediately realize what, what's happening there. And he's, he's actually trying to kind of break that, that communication with the spirit. And so in that fear sometimes, you're like, ah, I, I begin to just ask the Lord for his wisdom, his understanding, his strength, and, and say, God, help me, walk with me, and, and bind the spirit of fear. It's not of the Lord. You can actually resist the devil, and he will flee. That's what it says. So resist that fear, step into it, and as you step into it, the Lord will begin to show you what to do. A lot of times, it won't be until you actually walk up and begin to say, hello, how are you? Hey, can I just pray a blessing over you, or are you doing okay today? And then all of a sudden, the Lord will begin to reveal something to you. And uh, so I, I was with, we were out. This was just one of the times we were ministering. And I wish I had a picture of this guy. I think his name was Michael. We were talking about it. And, uh, uh, but this guy looked like he was going to kill someone. And, and I saw him from across the street. And uh, I'm like, dude, I am. I was with my son, Riken, who's 12 years old. We're in the, it's called kind of five points. It's one of the. It's a pretty dangerous area downtown and a um, lot of stuff going on down there. Um, but it's a perfect place to go. One of the, I, we've had the most fun down there. Um, so I see this guy, and I kind of, I'm waiting for him to leave because there's two other guys that are sitting down that I'm like, well, I'll talk to them. And <laughs> so he walks away, and so I walk up with Riken, and we're talking to him. Well, this guy comes back walking down the street, and I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to jump me or what. And, uh, but I, we start talking with him and he had just shot up 14 times with heroin the day before, tried to kill himself. He was done. His wife and his daughter had been murdered just recently. Um, he was just at this place in his life where he was done. And, uh, and this is where going, well, let me, let me preach to you. Let me show you. Uh, the Roman road, and let me show you how this works. <laughs> like, this was not the time. And, and the Lord just said, 
tell him the story about the prodigal son. And, uh, and I just began to share with him. He sat there. He was standing there, and Reichen and I were there, and the other two were listening. And I said, can I tell you a story? And I didn't tell it. I didn't pull out my Bible and read the story to him. I just told him this story. And I don't know if it was exactly right, but I just let the Holy Spirit lead me in it. And I, I told him the story of a son who ran away and, and, then, and then finally had nothing left. And he said, well, I'm going to come back as a servant or as a slave to, to my father. And how the father, when he saw his son, came running to him, wrapped his arms around him and said, I love you. Gave him everything, gave him the ring, the rope. And, and he listened to this story. And I just, at the end, I just said, this is the father's love for you. Do you want this? And he just started to weep. He started to cry. He said, yes, I want this. <laughs> uh, I got to lead him to the Lord right there. It was not the guy that I wanted to lead to the Lord. <laughs> I was looking for the other two. God had other plans. And, and all I had to do was just be obedient to share the very thing. And in that, we got to lead this guy to the Lord. We ended up bringing him back here, hooked him up with food and clothes and um, brought him down to Colorado Springs. He was trying to get back to, uh, to the other part of his family. But even when he was here, we had the opportunity. I just felt like, I said, I feel like the Lord wants to heal your heart. And uh, I said, I, I, I believe if you can forgive the person who killed your, your wife and your, your daughter, I believe the Lord's going to be able to heal your heart. And, and it took a while. We sat there for an hour, and, and finally he goes, I want to do this. I want to, I, I want to forgive this man. And he forgave the man. And again, it was just this time of just, just crying. Uh, he handed me, he, handed, he pulled out a box and handed me all of his heroin. <laughs> I had these heroin needles. I'm like, ah, what do I do with this? <laughs> By the way, if you ever, if, when, I shouldn't say if, when you get handed drugs and things that people are like, I don't want this stuff anymore, uh, don't drive it to the police station. Call the police and let them pick it up from you. Because <laughs> if you're driving, they, they told us this. They're like, if you're driving and you get pulled over and you have heroin, you go, oh, no, I was driving it to you guys. They're like, yeah, sure you were, pal. <laughs> so just a note. <laughs> you learn things as you go here. This is, it's all messy. Uh, but uh, this is, and, and I mean, we had the opportunity. I think we probably led, I don't know. So many people to the Lord last year. And some were healed. Uh, some weren't. I would say the majority of those that we prayed for, uh, for healing, were healed of crazy things. Uh, and then we followed it up, though. Sometimes we actually we preached the gospel, whatever it was. And again, whatever the Lord has, it could be the most random thing that you're like, that's not even the gospel. But it's the very thing, it's the gospel that they need to hear in that very moment. Your job is not to figure it out with wise and persuasive words. Your job is to allow the Holy Spirit to actually speak in and through you. Listen to him. He knows what's best. And it, it's not going to always make sense to us. I, I can say it probably won't make sense to us for the most part. But if we're obedient in that and we just share and it's out of a place of just love for these people. I mean, I talked to this guy and I was like, hey, how's life working out for you right now? <laughs> and he's like, man, not very well. I'm like, I got an opportunity for you. 
I believe, can shift your life. And so there's just these moments of uh, uh, all of a sudden, Jesus comes in, the power of the Holy Spirit moves. Um, I'll tell you another quick story. We were, we were with this, we were with the whole group, uh, um, and we were downtown in that same area. And we're walking around, and this guy rides up on a bike, and he's like, uh, he's this big African-American guy, probably 6'6", six, six, like just a big guy. I'm like, this guy must have been a football player. I mean, just, <laughs> and I forget what he called himself, but it was like Messiah or something like that. Yeah. He knew the Bible. He knew the scriptures. And he's this intimidating guy. I mean, he's a, he's a big dude, muscular, riding around on this bike. And, and I'm seeing him with our team, and, and they're, trying to, they're trying to, like, preach to him. <laughs> and it is not working. He's coming back with scripture. He's like, and, and you can tell. And I just stood back, and, and he followed us for blocks as we went around and just ministered. He just rode his bike around and just kind of followed us and, and kind of antagonizing and, um, you know, in a jovial kind of way. But like, yeah, you guys, you know, let me tell you. Uh, but you could tell he didn't know Jesus. He knew the scriptures uh, and probably grew up in the church, but, but he did not know Jesus. And, and we got to the very end after about maybe 45 minutes an hour and we'd coming back around and, uh, and I just heard the Lord say, now. And I went up to him, and I said, hey, I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to talk to you about Jesus. I just want you to encounter his love right now. Are you willing to do that? And he's like, sure. I said, can I put my hand on your heart? He's like, yeah. So I put my hand on his heart like this. <laughs> and he's on his bike. And I just said, Holy Spirit, come right now. Minister to him. And, and immediately he said, he's, a, he's, he's fatherless. He doesn't know his father. He doesn't know the father's love. He has children, and he doesn't know how to give love to his children. And I grabbed, and Riken was with me. And, and, and I said, Riken, will you pray over him a son's blessing to a father? And I'm telling you, this was just the Lord. So it wasn't about preaching to him at all. And all of a sudden, Riken just started praying over him and blessing him from a son to a father. And he began to shake. <laughs> he began to weep and cry, at, like, uncontrollably. And, uh, and that went on for a few minutes. And I just, I got to share Jesus with him. We got to just talk about you. And I just said, I want you to know that this is the love of Jesus that you're feeling right now. And, and after about five minutes, he's, he goes, <laughs> he just said, I... I got to get out of here. I got to go. And he, he, he hopped like fully back on his bike and took off right into traffic. And there were like, I mean, there was, there was cars coming both ways. And he didn't even look up. He was so like overwhelmed with the presence of God. And I think the Lord just protected him because he literally drove right. He went right into the middle of traffic, cars going both ways, didn't even look up. Cars are screeching, and he just rides right through as he's just like completely overwhelmed by the presence of God. <laughs> Thank God we didn't have to raise him from the dead, <laughs> getting hit by a car. But you could, but here's the thing is there was no reason to argue with him. There was no point. And that's not what the Lord wanted to do. He just wanted to encounter his heart. And it took, took a 12-year-old kid praying for him that 
broke through the very thing, whereas everyone else was trying to reason with him. And, and everyone got to see it. And it was just this amazing moment of, wow, when we just listen to the Lord and we allow God to do what he wants to do. And it was the right timing. I think, I think everything had to kind of play itself out. It wasn't like anyone did anything wrong, I don't think. It was just, we just played it out, and then it was like, now. And that was the moment when he wanted to encounter this man. And I'm, I know that there was a shift in his life. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he went, and he probably gave his life back to the Lord. He knew the scriptures. He just didn't know Jesus. So, let me take us back to that scripture. So, we're going to start going out. I love the verse that Christy said on Sunday, or the, not the verse. She said this statement. She goes, let's start to sharpen our swords. I love that. <laughs> to me, that means uh, let's, hide the, let's be diligent to hide the word of God in our heart, to sow it into our heart so that the Holy Spirit has, has I mean, I think of, you know, Mike. He's walking up to this guy, Michael, and then he just has an impression, prodigal son, you know. I mean, the, he said the Lord told me, but that Lord told you was you just had a, you just had a thought. It wasn't an, an audible voice. Yeah. No, it was just a quick impression of, yeah. oh, just tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, and, and my first response was, oh, I should grab my Bible because I don't really know it that well. <laughs> and it was an immediate, no, 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 just tell the story, which was much more beautiful than trying to read something. And, for, yeah, I, I just think that's what we're talking about. Just, and I guarantee everyone in here, the word is hidden in your heart. The Holy Spirit has ammo within you. The Holy Spirit also has gifts that he wants to demonstrate. He wants to demonstrate a word of knowledge. He wants to demonstrate prophecy. Um, and be bold. Be bold a, in that when you feel it. Great verse. Well, here, I just wanted to, we talked about eating the scroll and then it coming back up. I just want to show you where that is. Uh, Revelation chapter 10. It says this. Well, I'm just going to paraphrase verse 1 through 7. Uh, there's this big angel, and he's speaking, and then seven thunders are coming, and John's about to write down the message of the seven thunders, and he's told not to write it down. It's kind of a mysterious passage here. Um, but then in verse 8, the angel is holding this little scroll. And, and in verse 8 of Revelation chapter 10, it says, Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea of the land. So I went. If you're ever in you know, a visionary state and you have an angel and he's really tall and, he, and you hear a voice saying, you know, obey, you should obey. <laughs> so I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, take it and eat it, for it will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. And it was as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. Now here's the interpretation of the bitter. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. So that little scroll, it's the word of God. Uh, it's revelation from heaven. It's, Ezekiel is presented with a, with a very similar scroll. Um, it's spiritual insight and revelation. 
And it, it is sweet to our mouth. How many of you guys, when you spend time with the Lord in the Word, you get revelation, it's sweet, right? Now, the bitter part is the prophesying part. It can't stay within us. We must prophesy. And in Revelation 19, it says, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So Jesus, the revelation is sweet when it goes into us, but then it's not supposed to stay there. It's, it's Jeremiah saying, the word of God is like a fire that is shut up within my bones. If I try to hold it back, I can't. I must share the revelation that the Lord has given me to whom he has given me to share it. That's the whole point of, of the, the word is like a fire shut up in my bones. So my encouragement is, man, spend time eating the, the sweet scroll of revelation, communing with the Holy Spirit through the word of God, and then put yourselves in situations and you are going to prophesy. You are going to release the testimony of Jesus in uh, so many different circumstances. I quick story, we were just doing this early on last year, and uh, Rachel and I were in downtown Castle Rock, and she felt led to go to Walgreens, and, and I felt led to go to uh, the Castle Rock Motel. So I just walk into the parking lot of the Castle Rock Motel. I was like, I wonder who I should talk to. Well, there was only one person sitting on the balcony. The Lord makes it really easy for me, because he knows I need it easy. There's just one person sitting up on his balcony, you know, smoking a cigarette. And I <laughs> just kind of, he's up there, I'm down here, I just kind of walk up. I'm like, hey. <laughs> he's like, hey. And I ask if I can pray for him. I ask if I can do these things. I kind of tell him what we're doing. And um, he's like, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. And I was like, okay, cool. But this one thought, I was about to turn and leave, and this one thought came into my mind. Just ask if I could give him a blessing. And that is not my language at all. I'm not like, hey, Mike's never heard me say, hey, can I give you a blessing, you know? And he goes, sure, you can give me a blessing. I was like, okay. And I just started to say, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. And when I said cause his face to shine upon you, I had an impression just in my heart about the Lord was going to give him favor at work. And so I kind of got through the blessing, and I just paused, and I said, I said, this might sound strange, but as I was blessing you, I felt like the Lord say he wants to give you favor in your workplace. And, and his eyes kind of like got wide then, and his jaw kind of dropped, and he goes, wow, that's really cool. I said, why is that really cool? He goes, because I just got promoted, like yesterday. My boss took off, like he's gone. <laughs> and, and I was the one that knows the job, so I, I took his, his, his spot. And I said, and right there, his whole demeanor, his whole countenance changed toward me. It was, it was rather than like get away from me, it was, what is this, what's happening right here? And, um, and said, hey, can I pray for you for your job? Can I pray for what's going to happen? And so we prayed. And he invited me up to talk to him, and we were talking on his balcony for a little bit. And so, right there, like, I really thought that was not, I was going to, like, just walk out of that parking lot. Now, I would have been faithful to what the Lord had given me had I walked out of the parking lot. He, not, none of that happened, you know. But I get up to his balcony, and, and we just start having a conversation. He starts asking some things about the Bible, and then 
about 10 minutes later, he goes, can I, can I ask you what might be a, a, a weird question? And I'm a little like, oh, no. What's <laughs> I just got nervous. I'm like, oh, no, what's about to happen? And he goes, um, he goes, do you believe in ghosts? I said, well, tell me more about this. He goes, I feel like our apartment is haunted. And he told me about some encounters that he had had in his apartment. And I said, Nick, let me share with you my understanding of what's going on. And I got to share with him about the demonic and the angelic, about darkness and light. And, and it was this perfect opening that would have, made, would have made no sense had he not asked, do you believe in this? Because I've had some pretty scary stuff happen to me in this apartment. And I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I said, I have authority through Jesus over anything in your apartment. And I just got bold. And I was like, I'm going to pray, and this is going to stop happening. It has to obey the name of Jesus. And it has to obey. And so, and I said, but you're going to agree in prayer. And so we agree in prayer. And, you know, nothing dramatic happens or anything. But I told him, but Nick, when you give your life to the Lord, you're going to have authority over this demonic presence as well. So he shows up, never seen him before at the food bank. He shows up three weeks later at the food bank and he goes, I got to tell you, since we've prayed, nothing has happened at the apartment. Like what we were seeing in the mirror, nothing was happening. The presence we were feeling in this room. In fact, we feel peace and we feel joy in the apartment. And I'm just like, yeah! <laughs> like, uh, I wasn't like, yeah, I know, I know that that was going to happen. I was like, really? That's awesome! You know, and just like... And so there's been a slow progression with this guy, and he's experienced physical healing since then, and, and it's just... But it was that small impression, turn in to the Castle Motel, and okay, and okay, there's one guy, and strike up a conversation... And no, I think the, the point we're trying to make is it's not in a script. We don't, we don't search the scriptures to write our script and then we go and we say our script to someone. We develop a relationship with Jesus through the word of God. We develop a relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And then we walk into these situations because the Lord is working with us. He's right there with us. The one that we've been spending time with, the one that we've cultivated hearing his voice, He's with us, and then he's going to begin to speak to you. And then you're going to get encouraged that, oh, my gosh, I really do hear the voice of the Lord. Like, this is, this works. What's happening? So, anyway, you take it, and then we can end how. Yeah, and I just want to say, too, remember that when you're preaching the kingdom of God, you're preaching against another kingdom. And, and there are often going to be times where, where it doesn't turn out in the glorious way. <laughs> Example, Stephen preaching the gospel, and what happens? He gets stoned to death. Uh, that's extreme example, but but you get the point that um, there are there are times. It's amazing. You look at Jesus, and uh, there's a time where he we were just talking about it. He heals on the Sabbath, and everyone sees it. It's a man whose hand is uh, it's 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 withered. Yeah, and. And he heals this man on the Sabbath. And what do they do? They go, instead of saying, we believe you now, they actually go and plot to kill Jesus. And so 
Just because you heal, someone is healed, just because you're preaching the gospel does not mean you're going to get a great response. And so it's also, I think, be aware of that. And don't, be, don't be disappointed. Uh, it says you're going to be persecuted. If you follow Jesus, you will be persecuted. And not you may be, you will be. So in following Jesus, if you do the very things that Jesus did, expect to get persecuted. There were times when Jesus was persecuted. There were times when Jesus, when it was amazing and people were like, oh, we believe. I mean, I love, I love the woman at the well and how here he touches one woman, ministers to one woman. She goes back and brings the whole city in. And, and they say at first, they say, we believe. They said, we believed because of the testimony of this woman. Now we believe because of you, Jesus as he stayed with them for two days and, and spoke to them. And they're like, we now know you. And I'm sure there were healings. I'm sure there were miraculous signs and wonders that happened. I mean, we just get like a snippet of what actually happened in the Bible. Like, you know, from the Bible, it's just so limited on what Jesus did. Um, but we have to be so careful that we do not take the things in the Bible and try to replicate them. The whole purpose and of Acts, and you see what happens. It's all about following the Holy Spirit. It's all about, Jesus says, don't do anything until the Spirit comes upon you. You're going to tarry. You're going to wait when the Spirit comes upon you. Now you're going to move. Now you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So here's the thing. We have the Spirit in us. We have the Spirit on us. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move and, and do what he wants to do. Nothing else. It's that simple. We, I think some of it, though, is we do, let me just tell one other quick example. Um, we were talking about this. We, uh, we were down, this was another one downtown, and, and we're, we see this guy sitting on the side, and we're, 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 we're supposed to be leaving at this time, and we were done. It, I mean, plus it was hot. It was the middle of the summer. Um, everyone's ready to go. Everyone's like, come on, Mike. Come on, Marcus. Let's go. And we're like, just one more. <laughs> and we sit down with this guy. His name was James. Green shirt. <laughs> I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. And, uh, and we're, we're sitting there talking to him, and, and he's high on drugs. He, he's, he's just shot up, clearly high on drugs. And we just, so we're kind of, Marcus and I are tag teaming back and forth. And it's great to tag team because I think in those moments of like when the other person's talking, you can just kind of be praying and saying, okay, Lord, like what's next? And, uh, and so we, we went for a while, but one, I mean, we began to just pray for just that sobriety so that he could actually think so that he, and, and he began, he began to like just kind of clear his mind, like where he could actually think. And, and we're talking to him for quite a while. And, there were these moments where it would have been, I felt like, oh, like, are we going anywhere? But you could feel, and this is that, you don't always have to stay and press into things. I think, it's, again, it's just being led by the Spirit. Yeah, but I'll, just, I'll just add, as Mike and I were going back and forth, we were not elegant. We, there were no oh. persuasive words. It was like... This was stumbling over our Yeah, our it was words. very stumbling. And like, well, let me... Uh, uh, well, let me uh, uh. But we did feel like it wasn't like, okay, we're done. There was that, that, that spirit, the Holy Spirit was just kind of like, keep pressing in, keep pressing in. And so we were just kind of just going, going, going. And then all of a sudden, there was that moment of breakthrough. 
And uh, and at the end of all this, the the great ending of this story is uh, this man James did give his life to the Lord, and uh, we got to be there and. and and just minister to him, and uh, and it was beautiful. But it, there was this persistence in that. Um, and sometimes it's like, just because it doesn't happen, uh, it's it's just staying in that perseverance of, okay, Lord, uh, you want me to stay in it? I'll stay in it. Now, there are other times I'll say where it's kind of like you can just feel like the Holy Spirit's like, okay, move on. It's like dust your feet off. There's no peace here. Move on. And uh, and in those in those times, you also need to probably like just kind of pull yourself out. Often, I'll just be like, instead of they may want to argue. I've had so many people that they just want to stay there and argue with you, and and I'll just be like, hey, can I just can I just pray a blessing over you? And sometimes they're like, absolutely not, and they're out, and they just <laughs> and that gets them to leave. Other times they're like, yeah, sure, pray play a blessing a blessing over me, and I, and then that's what I'll do. And often in those when I start to p- pray a blessing over them. That's when the Holy Spirit begins to just reveal things. And a lot of times I just get that blank stare and they, you know, I'll just speak things into their life and, and I'll just, whatever I feel the Holy Spirit tell me to do, I'll do. And, uh, and I don't always get it right. Uh, probably most of the time I don't get it right. That's where his grace comes in. But I think what we do is we just continue to, to press in. And the more we do it, the more we try to listen to him and try to just walk in obedience to him, uh, it gets easier and easier. And you begin to like, oh, that's you, Holy Spirit. You're speaking that. Oh, that little prompting right there, that little thought that came out of nowhere was not my own thought. That was actually the Holy Spirit just quickly prompting me in something. And then our job is just step out in it. Don't try to figure it out. Well, if I say that, then how am I going to follow that up? And what am I going to say next? Don't worry about it. And if you fumble over your words, it's okay. A lot of times we're just planting seeds. We're just out there. The key is, is, is be bold. Be courageous. Don't shrink back. Do not be timid. Actually, it's that boldness that the Lord is looking for. And he gives us the boldness. We'll walk in that. Don't take on the spirit of fear. Don't take on that spirit of timidity. Just step out and watch what the Lord does. And the more you do it, the more bold you'll get. And, uh, and now, I mean, I'll just jump into situations. I don't care. I don't care if they get healed or not. It's not my job to get them healed. I'll pray. If they don't get healed, so what? Sometimes the Lord will actually use that just to bring them to something else. They don't get healed, but guess what? Now I get to speak into something else, and they still accept Jesus. So don't give up because you don't see the healing. It's just you just allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. I can't, I, I can't hit that enough. <laughs> so let's, let's stand. Can we just pray over you? And then I, we've got about 10 minutes. Um, and then we pick up the kids. But here's, I think, just to encourage each other. Maybe just get with one or two other people there. And just ask the Lord to, to just minister to your heart in this. And, and see what maybe next steps are for you. Just to prepare. There is a preparation. It is like get yourself in the word. But he'll use whatever you have. Whatever little tiny sword you have, if you have five scriptures that you know and that's all you know, he'll use it. <laughs> so if you know one scripture, he'll use it. It's amazing. I'll be reading a scripture and, uh, and I'll be like, well, that means nothing. But there's something that I felt like I was supposed to just study that scripture. And then later on that day, it's the very thing that I use to minister to someone, which uh, 
Because that's what the Lord does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So put your hands out, will you? Just, uh, and I just feel like, like let's just receive. We're going to receive the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I just ask right now for just a peace of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in these moments where fear can come in, when we, want, when we're, we know we're supposed to go and, and speak to someone, and, but we have no idea what we're going to do or how it's going to work out, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't try to work things out in our own eloquence and our own words and, and try to have a plan in place. You don't call us to have a plan in place. You call us to just walk in obedience, to step out, to walk in faith. So, Lord, I ask that just as, as Joshua was given that, that spirit of, of boldness and that courage, and that you said that as, as you walk in my ways, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The very words of Jesus at the end of Matthew when he gives us the commission. And he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But go. Preach. (laughs) You're going to make disciples of all nations. You're going to teach my commands. Teach all my commands. Lord, I pray that we would step out in this season. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. That is, just as we have our hands open, Lord, I pray that you would rest upon us, that you would equip us and empower us in this season as kings go to war. You've called us to be kings and to be priests. Lord, it's out of that intimacy that we have with you as priests, as we ministers to our God, that we then go and we share the gospel. We declare the gospel and you back it up with power, the very power of the Holy Spirit. May we be led by your spirit as children of God. Would you lead us in this season? Would you empower us with your strength, with your wisdom, with your understanding? I thank you for the adventure that we get to have that goes way beyond our own ability to to live and have a life. But you say that through you, we would have life more abundantly, that it would be in abundance. Lord, I thank you for an abundant life. And give us the strength in those times when when people come against us, when there's persecution. Lord, that we would realize that even in those times, you empower us and strengthen us to to pursue you first first and foremost, that we would love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And out of that, that we would continue to love others. No matter what they do to us, it doesn't matter. We forgive, we press on, and we love the next person because you first loved us. So I just bless every person here. I thank you, Lord, for an empowering in this season. I thank you that we get to see great things. We get to see powerful things. We get to have testimonies of your goodness, of your love, and of your power. In Jesus' name. Amen. So would you just... Just get with one or two other people just for three, four minutes. Just and just, I just feel like just pray. Maybe pray over them. Ask for just a, a strengthening for them and let them pray over you. Uh, and then God bless you and get ready. Sunday, we're going to have fun. And there's a, I think I told you guys, there's a guest speaker coming in that we just spent time with him on Tuesday. Amazing man of God. Uh, that uh, you do not want to miss. This guy, we talk about signs and miracles. They are seeing people, what they said is thrown out of wheelchairs and walking. 
uh, where in the past it's just been getting out of wheelchairs and walking. Now they're being launched out of wheelchairs and walking by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he'll be here on Sunday, and then we get to go out and minister the gospel. God bless you.